Hello, my rebels. It's great to be back at our world headquarters in Toronto. Uh, today, I go through the coronavirus, the history. In fact, I take you back to those early days in December in Wuhan, China, a day-by-day -day chronology of how the virus spread and what the Chinese government did in those first key critical weeks. I tell you, looking at what they did, they could have stopped this pandemic, but they chose political pride. The Communist Party didn't want to be embarrassed. I'll, I'll make the case to you. Um, hey, can I invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus? It's basically the video version of this podcast. And you also get Sheila Gunn Reed's show and David Menzies show. Just go to rebelnews.com and sign up. It's eight bucks a month. Well worth it, I think. Here's the show. Tonight, Canada is supposed to be on lockdown, but unvetted flights are still arriving from places like China every day. It's March 18th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government is because it's my bloody right to do so. This is a timeline of the Wuhan coronavirus compiled from different reports in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and Hong Kong's South China Morning Post. Can I read you the first three weeks of the epidemic? Because it's obviously the most important three weeks of all. Let me read it. It's going to take about a minute, but look at this. December 10th, Wei Guixian, one of the earliest known coronavirus patients, starts feeling ill. December 16th, Patient admitted to Wuhan Central Hospital with infection in both lungs, but resistant to anti-flu drugs. Staff later learned he worked at a wildlife market connected to the outbreak. December 27th, Wuhan health officials are told that a new coronavirus is calling the Ill causing the illness. December 30th, Ai Fen, a top director at Wuhan Central Hospital, posts information on WeChat, that's like Twitter in China, about the new virus. She was reprimanded for doing so and told not to spread information about it. Wuhan doctor Li Wenliang also shares information on WeChat about the new SARS-like virus. He's called in for questioning shortly afterwards. Wuhan Health Commission notifies hospitals of a pneumonia of unclear cause and orders them to report any related information. December 31st, Wuhan health officials confirmed 27 cases of illness and close a market they think is related to the virus spread. China tells the World Health Organization's China office about the cases of an unknown illness. January 1, Wuhan Public Security Bureau brings in for questioning eight doctors who had posted information about the illness on WeChat. January 2, Chinese researchers map the new coronavirus's complete genetic information. This information is not made public until January 9th. The cover-up continued for weeks. Here's the story in Xinhua of the arrests of these doctors by the Communist Party police. You can see the translation here using Google Translate. I'm actually surprised that the Communist Party hasn't taken down the original publication that shows how China brutally silenced the doctors who were trying to warn their country and warn the world. 
according to this uh, group of British scientists, had China not covered things up, had they tried to solve the problem and even talk freely about it as opposed to hiding the problem and punishing those who were trying to solve the problem, it's estimated that 95% of the cases wouldn't have happened, that the spread wouldn't have happened. And of course, these days, China controls much more than just itself. It controls the United Nations agency called the World <coughs> Health Organization. Look what they published just a few weeks ago. Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the novel coronavirus identified in Wuhan, China. But that wasn't true when they published it, was it? So it's not just China that's lying. It's the UN that's lying. It's the World Health Organization that's lying. And of course, it's our media that's lying. Here's an op-ed in Bloomberg.com, which is obviously owned by Democratic activist Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York who briefly ran for president. He has massive business interests in China. Um, Seriously, China's better than America? That's what they're arguing. That's an American media company with Chinese propaganda. And here's the American who owns Bloomberg.com, Michael Bloomberg himself. The, the, the Communist Party wants to stay in power in China, and they listen to the public. When the public says, I can't breathe the air, Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents or he's not going to survive. He's not a dictator? No, he has to. He has a constituency to to to, to um, uh, answer to. He doesn't and have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't. That he's doesn't not mean he can survive if his, if his advisors I mean, is, is gave the him. Is the check on him just a revolution? Yeah, I can have a revolution. Nobody, well, then, no government survives without the will of the majority of its people. Yeah, uh, can you blame ordinary people for not believing a word authorities have to say? The United Nations lies, of course. Truth-tellers are censored in China, and our own media sides with the enemy. And here in Canada, the first thing that Trudeau's top doctor said when she slowly, belatedly woke from her slumber and started to look at this issue was to shame and silence Canadians by saying anyone worried about the virus was just racist. John Tory, the disgraced mayor of Toronto, said the exact same thing. Except there wasn't a single example of anti-Chinese racism in the whole city about this virus. It's true, some Chinese malls and restaurants were less crowded, but it was fellow Chinese customers who were staying away, probably frightened by what they had heard on WeChat from back home. That's not racism when Chinese Canadians won't go to Chinese shops and restaurants in Canada because they're scared. But that's how Trudeau chose to play it. Anyone was a racist who talked about this, and anyone who said we should stop flights from China, well, they were double, triple racist. You know, I never followed her that closely, but it was universally believed in Ottawa, both amongst the press corps and even opposition parties, that Dr. Jane Philpott was an outstanding Minister of Health. She was often called the most competent of Trudeau's ministers, perhaps the only one not hired to meet a gender quota. She was effective, but also honest so honest that she was turfed from the party by Trudeau for standing up to his corruption in the SNC-Lavalin matter. What a shame, because we sure could use her now. Instead, we have Patty Haidu, a social activist and graphic designer. That'll help. And she's in charge of things now, apparently.
Was this good advice from her at a press conference? Or was it a panicked response by someone who had no clue what to say, but had to say something, anything? Her advice to Canadians was to stampede to grocery stores to stockpile food and medicine? Was that actually her advice? Why, yes, it was. Of course, anyone who was a bit worried about the actual virus that would make someone have to stockpile like it was Armageddon, well, they were racist. So the virus was bad enough that you have to prepare for the worst, but not so bad that Trudeau would actually stop people from flying here from China until Monday when he finally announced that he was going to stop people from flying here from China. Except he's not actually stopping people from flying here from China. A whole bunch of flights to Canada, even today, from China, just flying in the air right now. China Eastern Airlines coming over today from Shanghai. I'm sure that company, controlled by the Communist Party of China, has our best interests at heart. Other countries coming into Canada too, just flying in, no screening, despite promises. Trudeau said only Canadians are allowed to come home from foreign countries. Um, who's going to ensure that? China Eastern Airlines? Our own David Menzies went to the airport today to greet a foreign flight to see if Trudeau's announcements were really happening. Take a look how that went. Let's see what these arrivals have to say. Hello, sir. Did you just fly in from Hong Kong? Uh, yeah. I'm just wondering, did you go through any special screening procedures when you went through customs? You mean Hong Kong or here? Uh, here. Mm, no, they asked, but they didn't uh, have anything, anything special. Okay. Yeah. Did, no one took your temperature or anything like that? or? No. No. Did anyone at Customs say anything about uh, coronavirus precautions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they asked it. They, they asked questions. They sent me the liveness. Yeah. And are you going to go into a 14-day quarantine? Sure. Why not? Excuse me, ma'am. Did you just get off the flight from Hong Kong? Yes. D did you go through any kind of special screening measures when you went through Customs? Uh, no screening measures. No. No one took your temperature or? Yes. Uh, I know. You mean here? When we arrive here? No one took. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not very confident. Are you? And we sent our key and Bexty to Roxham Road, where anyone in New York State can just walk across the border. How's that looking? This is an image of the illegal aliens who just came in. Over the course of the hour that I've been here, about two dozen have come in, but I find this family very interesting. There's about seven or eight of them, and very specifically, two of them were wearing masks. Wasn't the children, wasn't the father, it was two women, very specifically them, wearing masks. Wasn't an overly cautious family who put a mask on everyone, saying that they're you know, concerned that they're going to contract the Wuhan coronavirus from Canadians. He's allowing illegal immigrants, about 60 to 70 a day, to walk in. And what do you know, it only took a few minutes of me being here, although I'm not allowed to get super close like I was before. This fence behind me is prohibiting me. It says no trespassing, and I don't want to get arrested right now. I don't want to be in prison in the middle of a pandemic. But you can be sure that illegal immigrants are still using this border crossing. So you can come from anywhere in the world if you can make your way to New York and just walk into Canada and either be set free in Canada, which is what's really happening, or maybe you might actually get free health care, putting you to the front of the line ahead of Canadian citizens, because Trudeau has announced that he simply won't deport any fake refugees. He just won't deport anyone. So free health care for the whole world if you can just get to Roxham Road, bump Canadian citizens to the back of the line.
Trudeau and Heidi were so bad, so slow, so indecisive, so incompetent, I, I just can't understand it unless it's on purpose, which I don't want to believe. Compare their inaction and incompetence to Donald Trump, who has commandeered or cajoled U.S. industry into moving very quickly. For example, he's removed all red tape for vaccine research, for example, speeding it up by years. He's pressed mighty companies to do his will in the national interest. He's working with state governors full tilt. I want to show you how that's going. And I'm not going to quote to you snippy and snipey pundits from Toronto and Ottawa who hate Donald Trump. They don't know anything. I want to show you what Trump's mortal enemies have had to say about him. The Democratic Party, governors of two extremely Democratic-leaning states, California and New York. They hate Trump politically, especially Gavin Newsom of California. But, but listen to him just the other day. I had a private conversation with him around 4.30 uh, West Coast time, uh, and he said everything uh, that I could have hoped for. Wow. I don't think he would say that unless it was true. And listen to New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, just yesterday. I almost couldn't believe it. I think the president was 100 percent sincere in saying that he wanted to work together uh, in partnership, in a spirit of cooperation. I can tell you the actions he has taken evidence that uh, his team has been on it. I know a team when they're on it, and I know a team when they're not on it. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning, uh, and they've uh, thus far been doing everything that they can do, and I want to say thank you. That's actually a really nice comment. Trump and his team are working at all hours. FEMA, that's the Federal Emergency Management uh, Administration, the Army Corps of Engineers, whatever they need, Trump's on it. It's almost like he's a businessman executive who's used to dealing with problems, used to managing and making decisions and leading people. <laughs> so what's Canada doing? Well, look at this. I'm not even kidding. This is real. It's a Kijiji style. Hey, guys, help wanted... Uh, ad put online just yesterday by Trudeau. This is a real Government of Canada ad. Um, hey guys, if anyone can sell us some face masks and some gloves, that would be really, really nice. Thanks guys. He's, he put up a help wanted ad. I'm serious. That's how Trudeau and Haidu roll because neither has actually ever done anything, ever built anything, led anything, run anything except for run the mouse. It's a disaster, of course. It's a pandemic now because of China had spread to the world. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control, that's the world's leading antivirus experts, they tried to help. They tried to learn more about the virus. They were banned by China from going to Wuhan. The Chinese government lied to the world and let the virus spread and let their people spread it. Now that China has killed thousands of people around the world, they're giving a few tokens of medical aid as PR. How grotesque. China now claims they're completely virus-free. Now, they need to say that because they're trying to Americanize the problem. Do you really believe that China is 100% virus-free now? Hey, here's a cell phone video published online appearing to show people in full protective gear in Guangzhou. Uh, Guangzhou Friendship Hotel, still zero cases reported. Um, here's another video. Pit fires in Tianjin. Nothing is in the pits, and everything is normal. Now, I don't know if those pit fires are related to the virus. 
don't know if they're burning bodies there. I don't know because, of course, truth tellers in China are arrested. Are they really cremating bodies in those massive pits? Are those more viruses being hidden away in a hotel as opposed to a hospital? How would we even know? Maybe if we had foreign Western journalists, like from the New York Times or Wall Street Journal in China, they could check. Alas, China just kicked all of them out. That's coincidental, isn't it? China kicking out foreign reporters just as China announces it's beaten the virus, no more cases in the whole country. Say, did we ever get an answer to what those Chinese soldiers were spraying in the streets and why? Look, it's too late. The virus is here. And even if it weren't, Trudeau would let it in every day, even today. Daily flights from China still happening, several a day. Hourly crossings at Roxham Road. It's almost like Trudeau wants us to get the virus. Maybe it's that he doesn't like old people anyways. They vote conservative too much. This thing is going to do great damage. I think Trump will manage that a bit, and Canada will copy some of the U.S. decisions, if only to avoid embarrassment, although I don't think Trudeau's capable of executing decisions. He'll say the right things, but as that Help Wanted ad shows, he's a disaster. He doesn't know how to do anything. Patty Haidu doesn't know how to do anything. If anything, Trudeau will find a way to enrich his friends with grants and subsidies, as he usually does. I guess the best summary of the whole thing is what that young man in Hong Kong told our reporter who was working with us on a freelance basis last year, Avi Yamini. Remember we sent Avi over to Hong Kong during the democracy protests? This was before the coronavirus. Remember what that man he encountered on the street said to him? Donald Trump don't trust China. China is asshole. Yeah, it's tough to argue with that, isn't it? Stay with us for more with Manny Montenegrino. this the Chinese virus. There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot of people say it's racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. Well, that is President Donald Trump answering a question from the White House press corps about why he uses the phrase China virus. No one's asking him why he says Spanish flu or German measles or Ebola or Zika, which are also named after geographical locations. It's a line propagated by the Chinese Communist Party, which is trying to shift the blame for this virus, which first was discovered in the Chinese city of Wuhan, onto America. In fact, very senior Chinese diplomats have actually circulated conspiracy theories that the virus is a creation of the United States. Well, this and other curiosities came to the attention of one of our favorite legal observers and analysts, our friend Manny Montenegrino, and he joins us now via Skype from Ottawa. Manny, great to see you again, and I'm so glad you're staying safe and healthy. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. Uh, Ezra, I am, it's got to stop. It, this political correctness has got to stop. We are in 
a pandemic that is literally destroying millions of lives, millions of jobs, millions of people. We don't need to be wasting a moment's time on whether the word Chinese virus is, is racist. This is just absolute absurdity. It, it just amazes me that even at this destruction of most societies, that that's all that some people could focus on. The, the president is doing, in addition to trying to save his economy and millions of people and, 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 and dealing with the unthinkable, he has to deal with the politically correct liberal media trying to say what term to use. The president used that term lately simply to defend against the Chinese government media, the, 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 the propaganda that they're trying to shift blame away from itself to America. And, you know, Ezra, it makes sense for the Chinese government to do it because China has caused, and, you know, in my estimation, at least $5 trillion in economic damage worldwide. China has caused at least 10,000 lives and many more to come because of its woeful negligence and its covering up of, of, of a virus that it knew. And so China is doing what China has to do, and that is to try to avoid liability. Iran tried that. You might recall when the Iran uh, 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 government or the Iran military shot down the uh, plane, the civilian plane, they first denied it, said it wasn't us, and then at least they accepted it. Now, we were outraged. We want compensation for the lives lost. The 200 lives there, it, was, it wasn't intentional. Iran, it was gross negligence. And you and I, Ezra, know that when there's gross negligence, there's liability that follows and, and compensation to have. In China, not only do we have gross negligence, we have intentional, they hit it. They had the doctor who first, Dr. Lee, God bless him, who first identified it was, was, was put in some time of custody and told not to propagate lies and propagate rumors. And that only spread the virus worldwide during the Chinese New Year. So we have a country that has not only acted willfully and intentionally, to, to mask this virus, but also gross negligently. And we are worried about a term. I mean, what is going on? You know, uh, just uh, off camera, you were telling me about, I mean, you're, you're of Italian heritage and you, you follow very closely Italy, which has uh, had a tremendous loss so far from this virus. And China has done something that, frankly, it reminds me of what O.J. Simpson said after he was acquitted. He said, I'm going to look for the real killers, uh, which was not only insulting, but it was, it was laughable. Um, it was a way of him to obfuscate his own role. When China sends a few trinkets of medical um, equipment to countries that it infected by covering up the truth, that reminds me of O.J. saying, oh, well, let me make it all better. Let me try and find the real killer. And here's the thing. I don't think anyone blames those countries in Africa from which Zika virus or Ebola virus came because, you know, that's nature. That's, it's not a national culpability. But as you point out, China, the government of China, 
deliberately covered up. And here's a story, and this is, here it is in Chinese, and now here it is put through Google Translate. This is from Xinhua, the large uh, newswire in China, on January 1st, 2020, reporting arrests of doctors for um, saying the wrong thing. I forget the exact term that they used in Chinese. They were arresting spreading these rumors. whistleblowers. Yeah, they were spreading rumors. Uh, and, uh, and, and, but, but, but Ezra, there's more to this story. It isn't just January 1st where the government of China committed w intentional, um, what I'll call intentional harm. This goes back 30, 40 years. Now, let me explain this. In, in 1970, before China muscled up to a great economy that it was, tens of millions of Chinese were dying, starving of hunger. And what they allowed, the Chinese, the, then that government, allowed the Chinese to have wet markets. What that basically means is the sale of live, wild animals, and, 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 and that saved lives. But it also caused um, diseases. Corona diseases come from the transmission of animals to animals to different species, different species to man, and then we get a pandemic. This is... This is, I think, my fourth. We recall the Asian flu. We recall uh, the the uh, uh, the SARS and and, and other. Uh, these all come from the same type. These wet markets should be shut down. There's been a movement for ten years to shut down because wet markets cause these. So not and and what China did it expanded the wet markets because it's easy, it feeds a lot of people, and, and it's part, and, it, and of course, there are people that want it and lobby it and say that it helps them and it, uh, whatever reasons. Uh, but so, so we have a 30-year history of an intentional, uh, 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 what I'll call malfeasance by the government taking a, a Russian roulette Basically, there's you know you have one chamber, uh, one gun in the chamber. You roll around. Does 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 the coronavirus, a new one, be created in these wet markets that will eventually kill millions? Uh, and so this happens and happens and happens and 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 it continues. So so this is you know we were outraged when Iran shot down a plane uh, that were civilian. There was no intent to shoot down civilians. But we were outraged and we want compensation. We want that government of Iran to act like a first nation and take responsibility and pay for, for the, the losses of the people. That's not has happened yet. Well, in China, it's worse, in my opinion. I mean, legally, let me put it to you, Ezra. Let's assume that America had wet markets or whatever you want to call them that created these pandemics. And the president, Trump, hid and, and, and removed uh, doctors and hit it, and the media hit it, and all of a sudden you created a worldwide $5 trillion of damage, collapses to people's families, destruction. And, and you don't think that America will be held liable. You don't think Trump will be held liable. Trump is trying to stop this, and people are upset that he's using language to defend a, a what I'll call a, 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 a country that's using terrible manipulative tools to avoid responsibility. 
And Trump is not only on the front line of trying to save his economy, trying to save his people, trying to save the virus from spreading, but he's also trying to uh, prevent China from doing this again by obfuscating its responsibility and taking um, its, its own um, actions to stop this from future pandemics. But many, you, you raised some great points. If it came from these wet markets, that was a risk that they allowed. And I think you're right, in a North American legal setting, that would be litigated out of existence. There are right. some who wonder, and I'm one of them, if it's merely a coincidence that China's most uh, secure and secretive biological research site for weapons uh, is in Wuhan. So. I'm not going to indulge in conspiracy theories, but it is possible that the virus came from there. I have no proof that it did. Both of those, I think you could call them negligent or accident. But what we know China did wittingly, thoughtfully, purposefully, strategically, was cover it up. Like you say, arrest the doctors for rumor mongering, delay information getting out to the world, blocking American Centers for Disease Control staff who wanted to go to Wuhan. So even if it was accidental or merely negligent at first, when China knew the truth, it covered it up, it arrested the whistleblowers, and it did not stop its infected people from traveling around the world, including to America and Canada. So here's my question for you. Is it possible to have a class action lawsuit against the sovereign government of China. I know that in the past, people have sued Libya for the, uh, bombing the jet over Lockerbie, and in the end, Libya paid out. I think in the end, Iran will probably pay out for the people it murdered by shooting down that jet um, a, a couple months ago. Do you think it's possible, or legally possible, to file a massive legal action against China. By the way, they've got the money. Do you think that it's possible to do that? Yeah, you know, you know, Ezra, um, I'm, you know, this is going to shock you. That's the least of my concern. And let me tell you why. Um, if you, first of all, this is a nation that took two Michaels, two Canadians, and they're still in jail since 2018. This is a nation that has a million Muslims in jail, uh, in uh, work, work jails. This is a nation, when we had a refugee crisis, the world all responded. Everyone took refugees but China. Uh, so, so I don't think, this is a nation. China is a nation that when we declared a, a global warming crisis, in the last 30 years we've heard it, and certainly in the last 10 years it ramped up, Canada, U.S., and the EU reduced its CO2 consumption uh, production, and China increased it by two to three hundred percent in those in that same year. This is a nation that doesn't listen to the world. Ezra, my fear is this: what is happening today is 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 catastrophic. I mean, it is destroying businesses, lives, and economies, and we've talked about it. But we will get through this. What concerns me. Because right now I'm talking to you through Skype. We are still communicating. We are still connected. My wife is having a Zoom lunch with her girlfriends as we speak. She's upstairs having a Zoom lunch because we can do it through it. But my fear 
is this nation that is not at all responsible to anyone in the world that's, a, that's trying to avoid its responsibility for what it's done is now building a 5G platform in Canada, or we still, it might build it in Canada, and it's still around the world. If we lose our technology, just think, just think how bad our world would be today if our technology is under assault. I mean, I hope that I'm not alive when that happens. I hope it's years and years ahead. But I am fearful that if we accede to a nation, I mean, just think about this, Ezra. Mm -hmm. we, how could we even consider a country who's not taking responsibility for what's happened with this coronavirus, who's trying to lie and say it's the Americans' fault, who is, who is not doing anything, and it's a very rich nation, and we're considering getting them our technology, our 5G, our ability to communicate. I mean, things could be shut down in a minute if, if we lose technology. So, so I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not worried. I mean, obviously, there could be a lawsuit. Obviously, there should be. Obviously, they should step up. But they haven't stepped up with our, you know, we, we declared the world uh, in a, in a, uh, a, a, a climate emergency and China keeps increasing its CO2 production. We tax Canadians. We destroy Alberta. Yeah. And China continues to, to, to increase its production of CO2. Mm. Now, so, so how do we sit there and think that this nation is going to come to the table and discuss and be, and be, as you say, responsible to the world on a class action? Well, I mean, I know there's tricky laws about suing countries. There's something called sovereign immunity. You can't really settle political, international squabbles in, in a court of any one country. So there's that problem. But there have been some lawsuits that have been accepted in the past. And I hope that American lawyers, who are amongst the most voracious lawyers in the world, I hope that right. some really smart lawyers, really motivated um, put a lawsuit out there because the thing about Chernobyl is it was devastating and it was a cover-up and it was lies, but it really only affected people in the Soviet Empire, including, unfortunately, Ukraine, which was part of the Soviet Empire by force back then. But it didn't really impact the rest of the world. This is like a Chernobyl that affected the entire world and the same cover-up and lies and... and uh, culpability as Chernobyl, except for it's all of us, not just one geographic region. I hope there are massive lawsuits. Last word to you, Manny. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, my, my, my goal today, Ezra, is please, Canadians, stop this romanticizing of China. Yeah. We had too much evidence to sit there and say they have not earned what, what Canadians are so good at giving, love, trust, and compassion. They have not earned it. They have demonstrated quite the opposite. Politicians that, that received, I mean, certainly in America, many politicians have been paid off, so they've been, over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, very China-friendly. China has not earned it. We have two Michaels still in jail. We have this crime that they created. You think, you think that would be enough to let these two Michaels, I mean, the Canadians that are dying, the Canadians' economy that, that's collapsing, you think that would be enough and let these two Michaels home and say, you know what, we kind of screwed up here. Here's our little bit. They have not done anything. So I'm, this message 
that I leave, Ezra, is please stop this romanticizing of China. Stop this defending of China. Stop saying, oh, let's not be racist. This is a government that has not deserved that Canadian kind. Yeah. You're so right. I had one point in time had thought that this, like Chernobyl, would be the beginning of the end of the uh, communist regime in China. The same way Chernobyl was one of the key reasons the Soviet Union fell. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope that something good comes out of this pandemic. And if it's the fall of China's totalitarians, that will be a silver lining. Manny Montegrino, it's great to see you. Stay safe, my yeah. friend. Stay healthy. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Thank you. All right. There you have it, our friend Manny Montenegrino, the CEO of Think Sharp. He joined us today from Ottawa, Canada. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back on my monologue Friday about Manitoba rating in their Human Rights Commission. Paul writes... Human rights commissions are a little more than Soviet courts without the full power over people that the Soviet courts had. Yeah, I don't know why um, governments in Canada of the conservative persuasion don't just abolish these courts. Uh, I remember when Stephen Harper repealed the censorship provision of the Federal Human Rights Act. I met with him when he was prime minister. He wanted to talk to me about what I thought would happen. And he was, I hope I'm not giving away a confidence, he said he was worried that there would be a public backlash to taking it away. I said, no, I swear, it'll just be the lawyers and bureaucrats who work there in a few special interest groups. No real people like these. And so it was. When the Harper government repealed the censorship provision, there was no public opposition to that repeal at all. You could shut down every human rights commission in Canada, and the only people who would notice or care are the bureaucrats and lawyers who would have to get a real job. On my coverage of Tommy Robinson's latest Pierce in court, Zuzana writes, Boris Johnson needs to clean up the British judicial system ASAP. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not just the judicial system. It's everything. It's what Daniel Pipes called the 5P professionals, the press, the prosecutors, the police, the professors, and the politicians themselves. It's the whole establishment that is not only covering up the, the British rape, rape gangs, but um, prosecuting Tommy, too, and depersoning him. Bruce writes, until we normal folks rise up en masse and tell the lunatic left where to stick their socialist crap, we'll all end up in gulags. Well, you know, that's the thing. I'm not quite sure what Justin Trudeau has planned next. Um, his father, as you know, invoked martial law, the War Measures Act. But that was in response to terrorist bombs and kidnappings, an actual violent paramilitary force called the FLQ. Uh, but don't think that Trudeau would have any compunction about reining in our civil liberties just if he could, not even if it would fix the problem. Keeping out foreign flights is not a violation of anyone's civil rights. Foreigners don't have the civil right to come to our country. So Trudeau won't actually solve the problem, but he'll use the crisis as a fig leaf to, uh, for justification to do what he really wants to do and grab more power. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep fighting for freedom.